patriots and other interested parties. I am Deep Cover Patriot with The Republic Stands. Today is Sunday, May 16th, 2021, and we are going to discuss the week ahead. I am not a lawyer, a doctor, or a financial advisor. Please verify everything in this episode for yourself. Digital soldiers, true warriors willing to take the step into the void and fight for the Republic, are few and far between. I do not call for or support unconstitutional, illegal acts of or planning for violence. Any hope of restoring the Republic lies in supporting and abiding by the Constitution. Tonight will not be family-friendly. So, if there is a language concern, give your kids a copy of the Constitution and Orwell's 1984, send them to their rooms, tell them to go on CNN on their phone, and while they read, they can compare and contrast. So, the little prick has a comment about the Constitution, does he? Which one? That Alfred E. Newman reject, Bonnie Prince Harry, that's who, little shit that he is. During a Thursday appearance on Hollywood actor, I use the term loosely, Dex Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast, the prince, who now lives in California after stepping down from his royal duties, said, quote, I've got so much I want to say about the First Amendment. I still don't understand it, but it is bonkers, unquote. One American social media user commented, yeah, well, we know he doesn't get it. His family is the reason it exists. And another advised the prince to take a lesson on American history, pointing out that the American Revolution took place in order to, quote, rid ourselves of the British and get our freedom, unquote. Others were more direct, telling Prince Harry to go back to England. Prince Harry's comments even made their way to Texas Republican Dan Crenshaw. Not a big fan, however, I will quote, I just doubled the size of my Independence Day party. Ironically, during the same show appearance, Prince Harry criticized podcast host Joe Rogan for speaking without thinking after Rogan sparked controversy by arguing that young healthy people don't need to be vaccinated against COVID-19. The prince warned that, quote, in today's world with misinformation just endemic, people have got to be careful about what comes out of your mouth, unquote. Singling Rogan out by name, the prince said, Celebrities should just stay out of it and not say anything at all if they don't have anything useful to say, immediately after ignoring his own advice. Listen, Harry, shut your pie hole and go home. I'm sure Megan needs her feet scraped or her talents sharpened, you little cuck, you insufferable stain. So, for clarity, Prince Harry is not a ginger. He's a redhead. Do you know why the Gilligan's Island movie star was named Ginger? Because she was a beautiful woman with red hair. Prince Harry belongs on the cover of Mad Magazine. All right, enough of that inbred family of Satanists. Of more pressing importance is the following item. I am quoting from an article you should read. Go to citizenfreepress.com and read Space Force Commander Fired for Warning About Marxism in the Military. Yes, you heard that right. A U.S. Space Force Commander was fired for commentary during a podcast to sell his new book. In it, he claims Marxist ideologies have taken hold in the United States military. 
Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer, commander of the 11th Space Warning Squadron at Buckley Air Force Base, Colorado, was relieved from his post Friday by Lieutenant General Stephen Whiting, the head of Space Operations Command, who cited as the reason Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer was relieved of duty the loss of confidence in his ability to lead. Quote, this decision was based on public comments made by Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer in a recent podcast, a Space Force spokesman said in an email. Lieutenant General Whiting has initiated a command-directed investigation on whether these comments constituted prohibited partisan political activity. Earlier this month, Lohmeyer, a former instructor and fighter pilot who transferred into the Space Force, self-published a book entitled A Resistible Revolution, Marxism's Goal of Conquest and the Unmaking of the American Military. Now, we all know that what he is saying is true. It's self-evident. However, in order to properly understand the narrative, one must, as I have said before, Ignore what it is you are being told and pay attention to what you might be being distracted from. In this case, what you're being distracted from is anybody who might have some truth to say about what is happening to our armed forces. Anybody that has any standing or gravitas that says anything that goes against the narrative is immediately censured and silenced. This is par for the course. So, the litmus test would be anybody who is targeted by the mainstream media or by the establishment is, by default, to be assumed to be in the right. That way, you're safe. Switching gears a little bit, the Arizona audit is trucking along and there is a lot to go into, so I trust you have your powers of research. If nothing else, you're following me on Telegram and or Gab and seeing all of the updates that I'm posting. But one thing of interest came out yesterday, and that is uh, CodeMonkeyZ posted on Telegram, how to steal your vote using a mail-in ballot. One, mail-in ballot is sent to you by the vendor. Two, you aren't home, or the ballot is sent to the wrong address, and the ballot is then returned to the sender in this case, the vendor. Three, the vendor fills in the ballot on your behalf. Four, the vendor puts your now filled in ballot into anonymous ballot drop box that it also operates. Five, congratulations, you voted for whoever the vendor of your ballot wants. Well, thank you, Ron. Now you know how so many dead people and people who moved out of state have been voting all these years. Ballots are sent to the right people at the wrong address, the post office returns them, the traitorous shitheels fill them out, and they are counted. And that's how we end up with Trump living in Florida and Bryben trying to navigate his commute from the retirement home on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue and the care facility that he uses on the weekends in Baltimore. And as if we weren't sure that we're in the midst of a race war that is probably going to go kinetic any time now, Newsweek published a article on the 13th entitled, Video Shows White Men Berating Asian Family in Burger King drive through Well, isn't that tragic? However, the day before, the New York Post Metro section published an article entitled, person arrested for attacking Asian woman with hammer in New York City. Of course, the picture is of a hood rat in the midst of engaging in some violent behavior. Okay, so we aren't people anymore. Look, I'm just going to say it, 
okay? I am better than anyone of any race who believes it a life goal to get as much for free as possible and not have to work for it. I am better than any person of any race who decides that it's a good idea to participate in a race war because, quote, it's their turn, unquote. I am also a Christian and a patriot. Continuing along with the same vein, on May 13th in Seattle, during a far-left black bloc protest against a Billy Graham Association event, a college professor announced on camera, quote, I can't wait until black people lynch white people. In the video, you can hear the woman initially stating, quote, I can't wait until black people hang you. I can't wait, unquote. She then clarified her statement with, quote, I can't wait until black people lynch white people, unquote. When asked if anyone else agreed with the statement, a man put his hand up and said, I do, I do. The George Floyd Autonomous Zone in Minneapolis also last month issued a list of rules for white people that we have to abide by in order to enter the area. This is not isolated. We have the critical race theory being taught. We have corporate environments being retooled to be more diverse and inclusive. All of this is an attack on our culture, and it has absolutely nothing to do with our skin color. And it has everything to do with needing a scapegoat. The only way for this narrative to survive and to have any effect is to have a target, to have an enemy. So, a few years ago, it was Trump and Russia and MAGA and white folks. Now, it is the virus and people that aren't vaccinated and people that won't wear masks. But wait, the enemy is also people that hail from Northern Europe, that are conservative, that voted for Trump, that wear Q shirts, that have accounts on Gab and Telegram. These are the definitions of the domestic terrorist that has been created as a boogie for the left. We are the specter that they are hoping to exercise through the violence and the hate and the fear and the dismantling of our current social and political structures. So we are the target, and we will be for a while. And it was the Irish that were targets. It was people who settled in the lower countries from Northern Europe at first. Catholics have been targeted. Christians have been targeted. This narrative does not exist without a scapegoat. We are the scapegoat. My advice is not to engage in any behavior that could be seen as antagonistic unless you are defending yourself or someone who cannot defend themselves. In any case, I strongly suggest that every single person have, at the bare minimum, a forward and rear-facing camera in your vehicle, and if at all possible, a body cam device similar to those worn by law enforcement. This is not a joke. This is not an exaggeration. This is now what I would deem to be imperative. Along with that same idea, please go to survivaldan101.com and read today's post. The end is very close now, and most Americans have already submitted to their fate. I'm going to quote in part but this is a very good read and most timely. It bears repeating. 
There is very little time left to change this course we are on today. As this plot toward the great reset of the world is close at hand, in the past, when liberty has been threatened, some fought back and won. Most sat back and waited, hoping others would come to their rescue, save them from themselves. Every time threats have come and gone, there was less freedom and much more control. Each and every tyrannical event brought an assault against liberty that remained long after any so-called return to normal was expected. Normal has been forever changing, meaning every new normal resulted in less freedom and more authoritarian measures. And that leaves us in a very precarious place. On the one hand, we have hope in divine intervention. We have faith in God to right these injustices. Indeed, the Bible tells us that this very thing will happen. However, we are also encouraged to stand up to tyranny and religious persecution, to champion the downtrodden, and to stand up for ourselves and our faith to support good government and to expose evil. Friends, the time is very soon when we will have to choose, really choose once and for all between protecting your faith, dignity, freedom, and homeland, or surrender to Satan in exchange for your life, belly, home, and job. Obviously, my choice is made. I suspect so too is yours. Friends, let's talk about narratives and a move. We spend a lot of time talking about the narrative. And it is important to specify what that narrative is. So to begin, what we are looking at when we see the mainstream media and the current political power structure, the entertainment industry and public and private corporations jump on the same bandwagon, they are pushing an item of the narrative, or in some cases, the narrative itself. So, for example, the mainstream media will say that Dr. Fauci said that you have to wear five masks. And then you will have a slew of interviews with experts that say why that's medically sound. Then you will have celebrities posting pictures of themselves wearing multiple masks and talking about how healthy they feel and how great it is and how you want to fit in, don't you? Then you have private and public corporations saying, well, you know, unfortunately, it's the government and CDC guidelines. If you don't come in with uh, six masks, you're not going to be served. And then after sufficient time has passed and the people who will go along with that, that part of the narrative have done so, then the narrative shifts to focusing on those who are not conforming. So to use them as examples of why it's bad to think independently. So the mainstream media has articles about how these are destructive elements, they're dangerous, they're perhaps domestic terrorists. The U.S. government chimes in with new definitions of what terrorism is. And then you have celebrities making jokes about people that don't wear masks, condemning them even the other day and giving them the finger and talking about how stupid they were. All of this is the narrative However, the narrative shifts and adjusts itself according to circumstances. The end result is the same. The end result is globalization. The end result is the book of Revelation. What they want is one world government, one world religion, one world leader, and one world of peoples. And 
all of the things that they are doing are part of the greater plan with that result in mind. So that is how the narrative adjusts itself to change focus on what needs to be brought to the forefront, while at the same time continuing its inexorable reach to its ultimate goal. On the other hand, you have the patriotic narrative of, if you call yourself a patriot, you must be in support of the Constitution. You must have faith in God and that he chose our forefathers specifically to found this nation and that the rule of law, not of men, is sacrosanct and should not be impeded. You believe in independence. You believe in the opportunity of a person to persevere and through their own effort, with the help of others, succeed. And in limited government existing primarily to ensure for the common good in the sense of defense and not much else, perhaps collecting tariffs on ports and whatnot. That is a narrative. It's a good one, and it's based on truth, and it appeals to the best parts of you, but it is a narrative. So narratives in and of themselves, the, the word narrative is not, in essence, a bad thing or a good thing. It is what it is. So let's look at movements. What is a movement? What is the MAGA movement? Are movements and narratives similar? What's a good one or a bad one? So... Obviously, the one that springs to mind most readily is the MAGA movement, Make America Great Again. And as movements go, this was, I would say, definitive. Whereas, in order to have a movement, certain elements have to be existing. On one, you need a group of people, a cohort, a number of people. And you have an idea, a goal, a uniting factor behind which all of these people unite then with a common focus and purpose they set out to fulfill their perceived destiny that is a movement okay so we have some good movements we have the uh, farm workers boycott in the 60s that was a good movement if they're here they should work but they shouldn't be treated like slaves so they should be treated like employees after they have been arrested, jailed, served time, and done their punishment for breaking the law and coming here illegally in the first place. But I digress. By and large, the farm workers' movement was a successful one, and a good one. Another successful movement was one that happened at the early part of the last century, which we fondly refer to as the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917. That was a movement as well, and it was an exceedingly successful one. However, it was not a good one. We have good movements that can be used to advance a nefarious narrative. For example, it was widely known that millions of people would be assembling in Washington, D.C. on January 6th to hear our current president speaking. It was also well known that on that day and at that place, the electoral college votes would be certified. When the left arranged for the false flag that they named the Capitol Insurrection, 
and used it to frame and defame patriots and to set the tone for how we would be treated henceforth. That was an example of an element of the narrative in practice using a positive movement to advance itself. Folks, I know it sounds confusing. Sometimes it confuses me. But this is how it works. This is how these interconnected elements operate together, even seemingly independently. If one were to believe the right-wing narrative on November 3rd, the White Hats, the Alliance, allowed Deep State to throw the election, steal the presidency, and by not doing anything about it, allow the left to expose themselves for the traitorous words I can't even use in an episode that I have named not family-friendly. Folks, this could all be for naught, because we really do have to go back to the our cloud that is ever present, and that is the vaccines and the people that have been vaccinated and what is going to happen. Now, there are reports coming in of deaths of the elderly increasing quite a bit. Now, this is coming from different parts of the world. Here in the United States, it's more difficult to get good, accurate data. But from what we are hearing, this is also happening here. Now, if that's the case, then these unfortunate losses are the beginning of what Dr. Tenpenny and others have said we can expect. What if BLM and Antifa and all other movements and political obsessions over the past few years, divisions and fears and persecution have all been orchestrated to distract humanity from what was being done to them by the vaccines by way of the pandemic. Is that really preposterous? Is it really beyond the pale? Is it not possible? Is it not possible? Because I know I am not the only one with many unanswered questions. I know I am not the only one that has made sometimes uncomfortable connections between different parts of the narrative and connections between different disparate narratives. And as I have said before, when you have a question and multiple possible answers, only one of which can be true, by process of elimination, the simplest answer, the one that makes the most logical sense, is the truth. Is it logical to think that COVID really is a threat when 0.005% of people are even hospitalized for it? Is it unreasonable to ask why a vaccine has been created nearly overnight using parts of vaccine research that was ended because every single living subject died and then have a worldwide effort, a concerted worldwide effort to push this poison? Is it unreasonable to ask why all of a sudden 
billions of people around the world just decided to forego common sense and accept what had been preached to them by their masters and wear ridiculously ineffective masks and use ridiculously ineffective hand sanitizer? Do you know that when you put hand sanitizer on your hands and start rubbing, most of the alcohol has already evaporated before you even begin? And what you're rubbing into your hands is a little bit of detergent mixed with a volumizer. And the only thing killing the germs on your hands is the friction caused by the rubbing of your hands against each other. That heat is what is killing the virus or bacterial organisms that may be on your hands. No, hand sanitizer by itself is not necessarily antibacterial, regardless of what they put on a label. No, friends, none of this is too ridiculous to question. There are many things to learn from the Bible. Many things. The Old Testament is a trove of wisdom and history and philosophy. When the Tanakh, the first five books of the Bible, are read in the original Hebrew, one definitely gets the sense that on every page of the Bible, literally every page, you can find the plan of salvation. And I'm going to do a special podcast just on that topic alone because it is fascinating. But something else you learn when you read the Bible in the original language, Hebrew, the Old Testament, the Tanakh, you understand that in Hebrew, which is arguably the oldest language in the world, and the one from which all other languages derived, because remember, Jews and Christians were both created by the same God. In Hebrew, there is no word for coincidence. The very concept does not exist. It has no place in either the lexicon or the etymology of any of the words within it. So, what does that tell us? Well, that tells us that the ancients, who arguably understood the interrelation aspects of nature and humanity, faith, spirit, the unseen and the seen, would know a thing or two about events, their occurrence, and their possible interconnectedness. And I refuse to believe that the term coincidence was created by any less than the malevolent one himself, so confusion in humanity because everything happens as a result of or cause of another event and every event is the result so if every event that occurs is simultaneously a cause and a effect there can be no coincidences can there so for 179 nations of the earth all to agree at the same time to enact the same draconian measures in the face of overwhelming medical and scientific evidence to the contrary, following directives handed down from organizations that have been demonstrably proven to be corrupted and ineffective, such as the WHO and the CDC and the NIH. Was that a coincidence? Of course not. It's also not a coincidence that we have a shortage of ammunition right now in this country. But for eight years during the Obama regime, 
The federal government bought over 1 billion pounds of live ammo. I encourage you to look this up. Every single government agency was given money to spend and tasked with obtaining tens and hundreds of millions of rounds of ammunition each. United States Postal Service, the FDA, the Department of Agriculture, Bureau of Land Management, Forestry Service, and secret agents and administrative bureaucrats are buying up ammo right before a communist coup. Why do you think that would be? Is it possible that they hoped their chosen savage demoness would have won the election in 2016? So there would be an uninterrupted flow toward the end goal? Or was it because they were hedging their bets, not knowing exactly who was going to win, and hoping that if Trump did win, he wouldn't do anything about it? Win-win. So the federal government still has all of those rounds of ammunition. And no, it was not purchased by the military. Okay? Look this up. This is public information. Most of it published by the OMB, the Office of Management and Budget. So friends, we're in great and terrible times. Every day of confusion and persecution brings us one day closer to redemption. And if it seems time is passing quickly, it is most likely because it is. For as it is written, the days of those times will be shortened for the sake of the elect. So be grateful there isn't enough time in the day to get done what you need to get done. Be grateful that it seems that sunset follows soon after sunrise with little in between. Be grateful when it seems that things are getting worse, as crazy as that sounds. But with gratitude comes a little bit of understanding. Why are you grateful? Read your Bible. There is a lot to be grateful for right now. In the midst of loss, in the midst of fear, in the midst of need, there is the presence of our Creator and the presence of our Redeemer. So friends, spend time doing the things that make you happy. Make new memories with your friends and your loved ones. Tell them how much you care about them. And may God bless you and your friends and your family and your loved ones. And may God bless and restore the Republic.